Negative, bro. I'm just hanging there. Maybe I'm not making myself clear. I'm looking at multiple radical insurgents of AKs and a 50 cal technical set to blow my rover all the way back to Zimbabwe. Over. It's not my call, brother. I got a KPV. Here we go. Welcome to Benghazi. Welcome to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. This is episode 198, and today we're going to be talking about 13 Hours. This great and fantastic film stars John Krasinski, Max Martini, James Badge Dale, and Pablo Schreiber, and a whole bunch of other people that I've never recognized. And I am your host, Steve, and you're in my podcast now. Michaels, and joining me is my very good and dear friend, Ken, he'll fight the holy war in his shorts, Roni. I need a bag of cash and a ticket to Barcelona. <laughs> nice. All right, and also following up is our other very good and dear friend, Mark. Uh, sorry, I was hung up in the gift shop, Slover. Hey there, Steve. Um, strong move fighting this podcast in your shorts, just one day. It's a good look for you. Yeah, well... I have standards to uphold. You know, you've got Roman legs. <laughs> All right. And also joining us is our other very good and dear friend, Jeff. I've had to take a crap since the start of this podcast. Muncie. <laughs> Steve, just for the record, Steve, the last two remarks you've made have been the, my, my original remark and my fallback remark. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh, God, wait till regime change. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, what you really want to say to him is payback's a bitch and his stripper name is it's Karma. Stripper, it's Karma. I'll check that off my list, too. Keep going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I thought if uh, this was uh, this podcast was done at a different time, I would have uttered the words, you're not giving the order, Steve. You're in my world now. Yes. Okay, check, check that off the list. Go <laughs> the damn list. <laughs> I'm serious, honest to God. Like, one, two, three, four. Like, okay, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Brian, you still got Mm-hmm. Uh, but there you go, folks. You heard his voice. Also joining us is our other very good and dear friend, the Reverend Deuteronomy Skaggs. Did you lose your tampon? <laughs> <laughs> Still pulled one out. <laughs> oh, I'm done. My list is all finished now. Yep. I guess uh, I should sign off. <laughs> yeah, from here on out, Brian, you need to prepare a database of comments, cross-reference, so you can easily access something. No kidding. Seriously. I mean, I had like one, two, three, four. It's like, check, 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 check. I'm out. Nothing left. <laughs> See, the key thing is being the host is yet yeah, you have the advantage. Uh, I never, you know, divulged the 
little nicknames I'm going to do. So that's kind of the surprise. So you have to be on your game, even as yeah. one of the, uh, you know, commentators. So, and Jeff, it- when that guy said, he goes, just so you know, guys, I haven't taken a craps at this start. I'm like, there's Muncie. <laughs> I, was, I paused it. It was making my notes said, there's Muncie's. I resemble that remark. <laughs> oh, so the gosh. trick is, the trick is, I bought a new, you know, I bought a new headset and it will stretch from my computer all the way to the bathroom. So I don't have to worry about that. Well, well you, you, what you need to do is hook it up to your iPad and just carry it wherever you want to go. If you guys only knew the amount of times I sat on the toilet doing this podcast, <laughs> clean your own headset. Anyway. Well, there was a couple times we heard it. Really <laughs> <laughs> killed him. Yeah. All right. There what? you go, folks. We are going to be doing the movie 13 Hours. Uh, Michael Bay, this is about the assault on the American consulate and CIA station in Libya, Benghazi. Everybody knows about this one. It, it's a little political, so there's probably going to be a little politics discussed during the show. So, you know, just bear with it. But it is, um, uh, Brian, I think you actually kind of mentioned this is kind of a little bit of like Black Hawk Down. And it, it, it really is when you, when you kind of look at it in terms of how it was handled, how it was fought. And everything that went down, it, it it's almost like a mirror image. And the sad part is, is that uh, at least in Black Hawk Down, I mean, we we came in to save our guys, and this one, they never showed up. Um, so it, it's it's a very interesting movie. And and you know, full disclosure, first time I saw it, I know it was out there for a while. I'd never seen it. <clears throat> I watched it for the podcast, but uh, powerful movie. Uh, great acting, great direction, great cinematography. Uh, never seen any of these actors before, so this is this is going to be an interesting treat. So, again, guys, open forum. What do you guys think? Well, I will say this: like Black Hawk Down, it had some commonalities, particularly the ending. I go you, essentially a democratic administration, and our troops go riding out on somebody else's vehicles. You know looking behind them so they don't get their ashes shot off. But just something that they had in common with Benghazi. But just well, my, my little jumps shot. right into the politics there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll actually be my last mention of politics. <laughs> well, something I'll, I'll mention that it, it hit me is they filmed this in Malta and Morocco. And I know that he filmed Black Hawk Down in Morocco. And I, I there are some, like, aerial scenes, like they're, when they're coming into town. I think it's the same town. I would. They, they use some of the. They did use some of the footage from Black Hawk Down of the aerial scenes. Oh really? Okay. Was it extra footage that, that was not in the original? Or? Um, hold on, I'm looking real quick. I had seen that, and now I gotta find it. Um, Jeff had mentioned earlier about in the prior yep. movie that whose name I shall not repeat, but uh, that uh, Bay is really exceptional with his lighting and stuff like that, and I. Jeff, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, both the day shots and the evening shots were just exceptional. Um, yeah, during the morning prayer scene, an aerial shot of a mosque tower is shown. This is the exact same shot used in Black Hawk Down. When they were showing helicopters flying around the city of Mogadishu, blaring, they will not leave Mike Durant behind. So they did use at least a clip. Um, I'll jump in real quick. I, you know, I'm not going to get into the poly, you know, we can diverge into the politics and Michael Bay 
deliberately chose to not do that. Um, it's re there are things referenced, there's things inferred in this movie. What I, I think this movie does really well, <clears throat> and he wanted to focus on, and I think he accomplishes it, is, you know, this is kind of, I wrote down a note, this is kind of um, Zulu, this is kind of the Rourke's Drift um, type of movie. Yeah. Uh, it, he, fo he focuses on these, op these guys, these operators who were defend a CIA site who went above and beyond, um, and guys that came in later to try and help them out. A number of them lost their lives. And he, I think this is, you know, we don't see movies like this made too often anymore. Um, it, it is a, it, it's a men in war movie. And I, I give Michael Bay, who, you know, we've commented on some of his stuff. We talked about a movie last week before, but this guy does an exceptional, um, I think a really exceptional job of just telling a tale about extraordinary heroism in the face of overwhelming odds and really about men at war, um, and, and the, the level of camaraderie. And, you know, they're, they're going to stand to and do their job for people who they might, they have not a lot in common with except for the fact that we're all, we're all Americans and we're here and we said we're, we were going to do this and this is our job. So we're going to do it. Um, you know, and it, it, I think it does that really well. I think it captures, I think it captures that ethos, that warrior ethos that is referenced a number of times really well. And that whole concept of duty, honor, you know, not, not mom and apple pie and flag, but these guys, these guys are going to stand too because they're professionals. And boy, does that show in this movie too. What professionals can do against amateurs. Um, and the other thing I'll say real quick as an opening comment is, um, this, sh this film was shot in digital format versus film. And I think it, you know, watching it on a big screen, TV, HD, this movie is just, it, it, it is, it draws you in with the principal photography, the direction, the lighting. It, it is an, it is a stunning, um, movie and it is an edge of your seat kind of movie visually to watch as well. Um, as well as the sound. I mean, I got surround sound and you hear things you know, off to your left, off to your right that you wouldn't hear in, in a normal sound system. It is, it is a, it is an incredible movie visually as well. And I, I, th I think, you know, it, it, it's a throwback movie. And I think that's why a lot of critics don't like it. And then there's the whole political overtone. But I think if you just look at this for what it is about men at war doing it, doing an impossible job against impossible odds, it, it's very well done. It tells the story in a very gripping fashion and it pays honor to to these guys who basically the one political comment I'll make basically had to throw whatever contracting careers away they had or retire, you know, former, a lot of things to go get the book written that this is based off of because they were, they were not basically, they had to sign non-disclosure agreements and they finally realized, screw this. We're never going to get our side out. So um, Michael Bay took really didn't make money off this movie. This is one of his lowest grossing movies, but I think this is really um, a well done movie for all the right reasons that you don't see um, this type of movie being made too often. And it's not, again, it's not flag waving mom and apple pie, you know, but it is just, it is a story about men doing a very, doing a hard job when things go really bad and who care very much about each other.
if, if I can jump in and just mm-hmm. make a point, you were talking about the reviewers and such. Uh, I mean, so far I'm, I'm saying, you know, ditto to everything everybody's saying. Uh, I went out and did my research, did some of my research on TV tropes, which is a site I like going to and I always recommend that to folks. But, uh, in their trivia section, they're pointing out that, you know, this movie, it came out, I mean, it was a fairly big budget movie, Michael Bay. And it sort of got panned by the critics. I mean, they, nothing, and they, you know, again, if you want to be conspiracy minded, there could be a political angle there, but also a lot of critics just didn't like it. But when you analyze the scores on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 51%, the audiences give it an 84%. So this is just one of those movies that, again, the audience likes it, the critics don't. And uh, I tend to side with the audience, usually, if it's a movie that is something I like, and I do like this. Another thing they point out is that some people, and I'm going to throw this out to you guys to maybe have a short little discussion. Some people say this might be Michael Bay's best movie since The Rock, if you think that The Rock is his best movie. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. Just lead with your chin there, Ken. I, I admire that. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. No, I mean, good. This is a hell of a movie. I'll say that. I, 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 well, I don't think it's a very political movie. I really don't. I mean, given the sensitivity, what really went on there, I thought they depoliticized this movie as, as much as is humanly possible. Uh, which, yeah, and that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a very personal movie. It's, it's about, a group of guys, you know, and all the little, it's about the contractors. Obviously there's bigger things going on, but, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't consider it a very political movie. I really don't. I think they did a nice job. I think that what hurt it was that it came out at probably the worst possible time it could come out during, during this whole presidential election and people lined up and took sides before they even knew what it was about. And, uh, and the right one to say, well, this is why, this this is wrong, and the left one to say, well, this is a smear job. And I don't think it was either one. I, I don't think it was either one. But I think the fact that it did become politicized by people outside of the movie, I think that hurt attendance. And I think I personally really do think that had a lot to do with the fact that the critics panned it. I didn't really realize they panned it. Uh, th- this is a, I mean, this is a fabulous movie. I just no other way about it. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This is this is one of the few movies, you know, that I would actually go out and buy. Jeff, what do well, you think? We haven't heard from you yet. Oh, thanks, guys. Hey, um, yeah, I'm on the podcast tonight. Just uh, don't forget that. Um, <laughs> you got a little stopped up. Are you okay? You got a little drink? Oh no, I've got a clear, clearly a full on, full on sinus head cold. I had to take, uh, I had to take a few Advil the other night just to sleep because uh, my teeth were um, throbbing from the uh, from the pressure. Anyway, um, hey, thanks. You know this uh, this movie caught my eye early on. I actually went to the movies to see it. And, uh, and you're right, Mark, it on the big screen or no, uh, Mark and Brian, um, you're right on the big screen. This was, this was a spectacle to see. And, uh, <clears throat> and, um, you know, this is the type of movie that's well in my wheelhouse, but you know, what drew me to the movie was, I mean, th- this has an outstanding cast. Um, and so, you know, that kind of got my attention first, but you know, knowing the story, and as many of you have alluded to, 
Um, this is, and, and I think you're spot on, Brian. Brian, that um, this this is a story from some individuals' points of view, and they're telling what they experienced. These are the guys that were there, not the guys that heard about it, not the guys that you know took the reports. These are the guys that were there, and they told this story. Now, the official government position on this is this is a work of fiction, of course, because they can't admit that this <clears throat> is something that happened. Because politics aside, if you watch this, at some point you think, how in the hell in Libya during this time, <clears throat> regardless of what government is formed, do we not have anybody that can get in there in 13 hours? There's just no way. If this is, you know, I mean, what, what has, what mathematically has led up to in 13 hours, we're able to finally get a convoy in there. It's kind of a shocking movie. I sat with my wife and we watched it and, and she was just in disbelief. She said, you know, this, this is, this is what happened over 13 hours and nobody arrived until the, you know, until the end. I, I'm glad you guys brought up the critics because that was the first thing that I started looking into after I watched this. I thought, what are people, what are critics saying about this? And, you know, I don't think, first of all, I don't think critics in general like Michael Bay because he's kind of a flashy guy as far as his movies and they don't take him serious as far as, I think, you know, a, a movie creator. Um, you know, the, the thing in, um, uh, not really Hollywood, but, um, just in the film community is, you know, Michael Bay, you know, Mike, it's Michael Explosion Bay. And that's what, you know, they don't, I'd like to give him enough credit. Because they just think that he uses, you know, just a lot of explosions to, you know, capture the mind of, you know, those, you know, prepubescent and eighteen to, you know, thirty-five year old um, people that, you know, don't don't really care about the art of movies. But when if you're able to actually analyze this movie, I think what everything you guys have said is is this is a not only a well-told story, but the way they go about telling the story. Is, is great. Um, because you've got all kinds of moving pieces here. You've got parts that are, that are, you know, off, off stage and, and other lands in Italy and other places in Africa. And there's this, there's this kind of, I don't want to say a chess, but it is kind of chess in a sense. It's like all these pieces are trying to get into place. But the all, the nagging thing in the, in the back of your mind is why, why is it that these guys can't get help? Um, it is, Probably one of my favorite movies that have come out since easily since Black Hawk Down. Um, and there's a lot of similarities, but I think that's just because that's just what the story. There just happens to be a story of you know this this unexpected event that happens, and the result is well, you know these guys had to had to go and and do something. It wasn't something that they really had an option to do. They they knew that deep down that there was, this was what needed to happen. And, um, it, it's, to me, it's just, it's a fascinating story to see what can, <laughs> everything that's transpired in 13 hours. Um, and I, I look forward to carrying on the conversation about this, but you know, if last thing I'm going to say regarding the critics, the critics can't possibly relate to this type of a movie. Uh, most of these critics are, you know, probably, you know, you know, writing stuff from the comforts of, of their, uh, of their, of their homes and, and, and have never probably talked to anybody in this line of work and service to understand exactly the stresses and the realities of all of this. 
So it's easy for them to 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 bash this and not understand it. But if you do, I always I don't look at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I always look at Metacritic. Yeah. Because Rotten Tomatoes, you can I can go on and put a a a, a flowery review out there right now of a movie that hasn't been released, which is what happened with the Phantom Menace, not the Phantom Menace, um, for The Force Awakens. Um, there was all kinds of praise and love for that movie even before the movie was released and anybody saw it. And all of those add into the score. With Metacritic, it is reviews from people that have seen the movie um, and afterward, after the movie's been released. And, you know, it's getting about a 7 on Metacritic, but as far as the user score, but, you know, the critics, you know, give it about, you know, a little less than 50. Um, it's a, and I think, you know, that I think our numbers are going to come probably much closer to the user scores than probably the, uh, to the, uh, to the critic score. You know, one other thing I, I want to, because I'll, it'll slide, like, because I'm old, the cheese slides off the cracker. This will slide off my brain. You know, this focuses <laughs> on the operators. But the other thing that it does, and yeah, it sets up some tensions between the, the analysts and the operators and some of that. You know, there are, there are questions about that, but I would probably side with the guys who wrote the book. They were there. But the other, there's some really nice vignettes. You know, I think they, they really portray Ambassador Stevens as a well-meaning guy. He's not a buffoon. And, you know, what, what, how he behaves. And, you know, unfortunately he did die and there was a whole lot of questions surrounding that and they've never released his autopsy. But, you know, here, here was a guy who was in a horrible situation and, and, and tried to do the best he could. Um, but I, I really enjoyed some of the other people who, you know, this wasn't their job, like, um, the translator and the cook. There are some people, and even, you know, the, the February 17th guys, the militia, this just wasn't six guys. There, there were a lot of other people who, who backed them up, um, who this wasn't their job. This wasn't their profession. This wasn't what they were trained for. And I give Michael Bay a lot of credit to, to, um, he, he also gave recognition and nod. And, and those were kind of the everyman in the movie who don't have the training, but, but he, he showed them stepping up and saying, you know, I, I, I will do what I can. And I thought that was really well done in this movie as well. So it's just a, an aside I wanted to throw out there. And that's a good point, Mark. I mean, they did show that there were, um, and I think they actually showed a lot of the confusion that was going on. Yeah. It's like, and you saw that throughout the whole thing. Who are these guys? Are they on our side? Or who? I, I mean, <laughs> nobody he, has uniforms. Yeah. And I, and I think the most confusing thing, and God, I don't know how I could have dealt with that. Remember when they were actually moving into the consulate area? I mean, there were guys coming out of the frickin' bushes and stuff. It's like, and, and they were holding their fire. I'm sorry. As far as I was concerned, I'd have been gunning guys down left and right. It's like, oh, dude coming out. Boom. That's that's the difference between a professional and an amateur. But the yep. difference is, is like, how the hell do you know? You're, you're yeah. basically, the ch the chances are you're you're dead first. I mean, Steve, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of action in this movie, but that scene there may be one of the most tense moments yes. yeah. of the movie. Yes, 
because they don't know what the hell is going on. They don't even know because at one point he said, "It's like what? What did he say? It's like it, it's like a what the hell they call? It? It's like a flash party or what? What? What the?" A flash, it's like mob. A flash mob. Yeah, flash yeah. mob. It's like there's like it's everybody like showing up at the consulate. There's a one dude like in a, you know, dinner shirt with an AK-47, <laughs> and there's guys all over. And, the, and you could tell these guys are just standing there going, "I don't know who I'm supposed to shoot or not to shoot." It's like everybody well, just showed up to the party. Me- and the other part is, meanwhile, while they're advancing on it, hey, he's got the co- he's got the, he's got the Broncos game on. And the other guy on the other side of the console on the other side of the consulate or either the consulate or it was the CIA base, the firefight's going on and the dude's watching soccer. So it's that whole juxtaposition also. I mean, there's this, it's that whole jarring juxtaposition that I, of what is, what, what is up with these people? You know, you're used to watching movies where you can tell the good guys and the bad guys. And then once in a while you get a movie where they kind of blur that, make it gray. But then this one, you just didn't know from one minute to the other what these people are doing. Right. Right. Well, but that right. was it. I mean, you would see those scenes where they're driving down the street and they're all pointing guns at each other going, uh, are we cool? We cool? Okay. I guess we're right. cool. And I mean, how do you, how do you operate in that kind of a situation? That's why I'm not a well, professional. I think, and I think, you know, they show that really well. And I got to give credit. I don't know other than Max Martini. I really didn't know these actors. Yeah. And these guys, I thought, did a bang-up job. I thought everybody, everybody in this movie, there was nobody who turned in a weak performance from supporting actors to the main guys. Right. But I thought they all just showed how that tension wears on them as the movie goes on. How, you know, the adrenaline high keeps them going, then they crash, and they are, by the end, they are just, they, they are combat ineffective right essentially yeah there's well, mark, mark let's let's take a moment let's talk about the actors because yeah. i mean a lot of these actors um you know they're 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 fairly young uh yeah. probably in their you know 30s um and, and let's take a moment to talk about because we i mean there's you know some of our favorite actors in them and um and there's there's a couple from uh from a from a great um sitcom uh, the office, um, we can talk about that too. But a lot of these have been in more recent, you know, types of movies and stuff. So, you know, if, I think our, like all of our favorites is, uh, is definitely, uh, is Max Martini. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's in a Netflix movie right now with James Badge Dale, which basically is a military movie called, uh, Spectral. Yeah. I, I've got that bookmark. Yep. And they made it the same year. They both were in that movie in 2016, which is kind of funny. So they must have just went from one movie. They, they, they might as well just kept their gear. And Max Martini, he just, he's just got this, you know, who's the guy who is in, um, Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Pratt? Pratt? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The oh. guy who rescued him. Um, oh, you're thinking of, boys. yeah, um, he was in The Walking Dead. Um, yeah. I can't think of his name. Martini was in, uh, uh, Private Ryan. He was the, uh, Pathfinder. Well, yeah. he was in the, he was in the unit on TV, which was a David Mamet, uh, uh, written TV series, if you guys have seen it. Did you guys ever see that? The unit? Um, I have not seen that. Um, the that, unit that basically, had... it, it's, it's a, it's a Delta Force type operation. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't really talk about, who they are, but they're sent on 
Uh, I, I think they're actually part of the U.S. Army, but they're sent on high high yeah. classification missions. But he was part of that. It's a good series. Again, David uh-huh. Mamet, obviously, who's a well-known writer, uh, wrote that series. But he Martini plays, well, basically, he plays the same character you saw in the movie. The guy I'm thinking of that he reminds me of is a young version of Michael Rooker. Yes. Michael Rooker. Yeah. He yeah. played Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in. He's been in a ton of stuff. He's a great character actor, but he's kind of got that same flintiness, for lack of a better term, around him. I first noticed Michael Rooker in a in a schlock movie we have to do someday, but it's a guilty pleasure as cliffhanger with Fly Stallone. Oh my God! Yeah, that is oh, yeah. such a. That is such a. I think Ken, you and I went to see that schlock. Yeah, movie. it's got the the. The uh, very attractive Janine Turner in it. Right? Oh yes, hell yeah! Great schlock movie, great schlock movie. But but he just Max Martini's one of those guys you just want to see him get a lot of work because he's he's he and he and Eric Bana both are kind of in that genre of guys you really would like to see breakthrough. Because well, Martini's done. not a kid; he's like fifty now. Yeah, he's know, he's a little bit older. But and you know, Mark, he's got uh, he's in like six productions coming out in the next year. Oh, is or so. he? Yeah. TV and and in movies, and you know, you know what really? I mean, we saw in Saving Private Ryan, you know, in his unfortunate, uh, um, you know, death, uh, death in the tower, wasn't it? Um, No, he wasn't up in the tower. No, No. he was down low. Yeah, uh, but you know, he did a he had a hell of a role in Pacific Rim. Correct. Played an Aussie. Yep. And have you guys have you guys seen Captain Phillips? Yes, does a great job in Captain Phillips. Yeah, I've seen it, but isn't he the sniper? It, yeah, he's a he's a SEAL commander, <clears throat> and so he does a lot of the. Uh, he, he he has a, a a pretty solid role in the movie once he gets on scene, and and that's a pretty good movie. Um, if you you know, it, it, then that movie has to deal with uh, you know terrorist, um, you know taking uh, taking over the uh, the the Allah was it the uh, U.S. wasn't U.S. flagship was it? Um, it was. Uh, yes, I, uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, you know. Mar- right. Marisk, Alabama, I think it was. That's right, it was. Marisk, yeah. Alabama. Marisk that, Alabama. Yeah. And, you know, it has Tom Hanks in it and just, you know, another great cast. Small cast, great cast. Max Martini's in it. Um, well, solid speaking, role. Side, sidebar, you mentioned Captain Phillips. The Glenn Bub Doherty. Correct. Yep. Was the sniper who shot the pirate through the window in Cap- in, in 2009. Mm-hmm. He was on that SEAL team, who then ends up in that compound in 2012. And dies. And dies. Almost as soon as he gets there, didn't really have a chance to fire a shot, shot in right. anger. Right. Oh, I didn't put the two and two together. Yep. Same, same, in real life. That's the same in real thing. life, this guy was the operator who put the pirate down through the window in that lifeboat, and then was played um, Doherty and uh, played one of the operators. Well, that and that story actually an operator was actually an operator. I'm sorry, was yep. Bob Doherty. Bob Doherty was in both of these events and died in Benghazi. Oh, that's see that 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 when they were when when they were on that uh, dealing with that uh, Mersk, Alabama, the um, the story of that. You know, I read the story before the movie came out, and the the what what is phenomenal. This is a spoiler, so you know, fast forward. 30 seconds if you want to on the podcast. Um, what's phenomenal is those seals they had three snipers on the back mm-hmm. of that ship and they took out all three simultaneously 
as as both boats are moving up and down. I mean, when I was reading this account, it was like they had as soon as they got the first green light for all three of them, they every all three hit their targets. Boom, just one split second. And to me, that's just I mean, I, I already have a huge respect for the military, but I'm reading that and I'm like, I really have no clue how talented these guys are. Well, and that shows in this movie what professionals can do against amateurs. Well, this movie, what I absolutely love is, and you know, some people think it's kind of, I don't know, I want to say hokey, but just that these, you know, they're, you know, as they're walking the streets of Benghazi and having their conversations and dialogue, I'm assuming that's exactly how it goes, right? I mean, you get the sense that they have a, a lot of, um, a lot of confidence in their abilities. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is when they're walking through the streets and they're approaching, uh, the consulate and, uh, or the compound that they're kind of going to rescue. And, you know, they're, they're walking along, they're real confident. And then all of a sudden a technical shows up on the scene <laughs> and, and they're like the anxiety, you see the anxiety, right? I mean, they're like, they're very yeah. professional, but they realize in that moment <clears throat> and, you know, Roan says, um, you know, if we don't take that out, we are dead. I mean, yep. you know, it, I mean, you know, as long it as they, matter. as long as, as long as they're on even terms with firepower, they're, they're okay. But as soon as that 50 cal shows up, it's like, oh, change the situation. We, we, it, 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 you know, they're professional, but you can, you, you, you see the anxiety go up. Yep. You know, well, it, you see what that technical does to people. Saw that one guy right in half. Yep. Yeah, because a heavy machine gun will do that. It'll tear you apart. Well, you know, that's what I, I mean, this movie, I mean, it, to a point, you're chuckling at certain points. It, there's nothing funny about this movie. Right. I mean, there are, so there are some great lines, but it's like they'll be going along and they're doing their thing, right? And all of a sudden, you've got, you got dudes that just pop up beside them, right? Like, right. we're here to help. And they're like, what, where the hell did you come yeah. from? <laughs> you know, what the, I mean, it's like, it is, it's, once they get inside that compound, I mean, that's truly where the chaos really begins. And that's after, you know, it, it's already been overrun. And I, and I just, uh, it is, in, in, to me, the guy that's saying everything that I am saying on my couch is, is, is the guy that's walking through there kind of narrating everything. Like, that it, 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 it was Tonto. Tonto. Where, where he's like, he's like my voice in my head. He's like, what the hell? I mean, you know, he, his high anxiety is like, yeah. You know, he's the one that's basically saying, you know, I, I think they're still here. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's got he's, a healthy dose the, of. Well, go you ahead. would go to war in short, and so does Tonto. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there's a great line. It says, says you're going to wait. You're, you're going to your shorts. He goes, strong move. Well, hey, the, the British Eighth Army went the war in shorts. These guys. Right. Well, you know, it, that's it, the other thing. That's the other great thing about this movie. It captures, and and we all, you know, it, part of it. It captures guy humor, but mm-hmm. it also captures gallows humor and humor under stress. Yeah, very good. And, and it, yes. it does that really well in this movie. You know, it's like the one. It's like Tonto going, "I'm get, I'm, I'm too. I gotta, I gotta start running again." I mean, you know. These guys, you know, they're they're well trained. They're they're in great shape compared to anybody else. But they weren't expecting, they weren't expecting a Mogadishu kind of mission. Yeah. And and you know it they they do manage to lighten the mood because they have to. 
It, it's just that's how guys operate. And I think that really, again, Michael Bay does that really well. Michael Bay, I think that's part of the problem for a lot of reviewers. He makes guy movies. Yep. He makes yep. he makes guy movies. If you're a gamma or a beta male, you're not going to like this stuff. Well, the perfect conversation, guy conversation, is when Silva and, and uh, Rowan are talking. Like, you know, Silva just gets back from talking to his wife. He goes, anything new back home? No, nothing. Nope. And then Rowan goes, good talk. <laughs> 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 That's a guy conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> good talk. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know anymore about your home life. <laughs> and again, the, you know, the guy that was the best for me was, um, you know, Pablo Schreiber. You know, the guy that played, uh, Tig. Tig. No, no, Tonto. Tonto. I mean, that guy was, he was the best character in the entire movie. I mean, he pissed off the station chief. Oh, he went to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) He went to sleep. It's like the guys had like no sleep for like 20, 22 hours. You know, oh God, that station chief. Oh. You know what? Though? I'm, I, I, I'm watching that movie, and there, there, there are times I'm like, hey, at what point do you just actually just go? Up, you know what? We're having a coup. Boom! You're dead. Yeah. You know, here's here's the only thing. I, you oh. know, they they first off, that's a guy named David Costabile. I think that's how you pronounce it. And and he often shows up in TV playing that guy. Okay. Yep. I mean, yep. And uh, but you know, to a certain extent, I kind of get it. You know, I do. And and he. And I thought when when the shit really finally hit the fan, I thought he operated pretty coolly. You right. know, I mean, as, right. as coolly as you could. And and the other thing is, is you know, they per, they portrayed the the CIA guys as kind of, and I, actually, it's kind of pricks and bastards. But the reality of it is, is think about it for a minute. These are generally they are Harvard educated people, and they could be doing other stuff. There's other stuff they could be doing, and instead they're in a hellhole. You know, trying to so I mean. I get, you know, they could be arrogant and all this kind of stuff, but I, I'm sitting there going like, you know, if I had a Harvard degree, would I be in freaking well, Benghazi? No. I, now, and I think it's an interesting juxtaposition, and it's real life. It's it's between doers and analyzers. Yeah. And, the, and doers and analyzers are hardwired differently. Doesn't matter what line of work. True. There are doers and then there are analyzers. I and you are always a- going to bump into each other. I well, think we see a parallel between in this movie with the CIA agents and what we saw in Under Siege, yeah. where you know the one dude was like, "Wait a minute, I I I'm just doing this for like basically the GI Bill, right?" Mm-hmm. Well, no, there they actually brought that up. <clears throat> there was a point where he said, "There's no threat here. We won the revolution. We're we're just trying to, you know, you know, to them." He made it sound like everything was butterflies and daffodils, where the SEAL guys and the CIA and the contractors are like, you really have no clue what the hell is going on out there, do you? I mean, that's the impression I got. Is and and, and you saw that the number uh, the well we'll talk about the irrelevant female role. You know, she would get all. Busted up. It's like I'm. I, you broke up my, you know, thing here, and you're doing this, and it's like we're saving your life, you dumb. I'm yeah, telling I, you, I need this, your eyes and your ears, not your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> this, this movie. I tell you, I'm watching this, and I'm like, God, bless America. That that's why I didn't. You know, it's a good thing I didn't go in the military because I would have freaking been gunning down everybody. 
<laughs> well, I think it, it just highlights that in you, you can be at one location, but truly everybody has such different jobs. You don't know really what, what one person is doing, and they don't overlap, and you're not hired to, to do the same to, to do the same thing. Like, you know, you know, a lot of those guys were like, well, I, I don't know how to, you know, I don't want to shoot a gun. I don't know how to shoot a gun. Well, I'm going to show you. Um, it's, it was, it was fascinating that once everybody got on the same page though, you know, even, even the irrelevant female role, um, you know, the douchebag, um, and, you know, that was running the CIA operation, there got to be that point when they were just like, okay, you're in my world now. And it was like, right. it, it was like that kind of smack in the face of, okay, total change of situation. Yeah. We've we've got to we got to go with a different plan, and everybody kind of did get you know even the, even the uh, even the the uh, the irrelevant female role was like okay what can I do because they realized their ass is on the line if they don't do something and fight basically it's that fight or flight what are you going to do you're going to fight you can't fl- gonna, and you can't flee you can't you're going nowhere <clears throat> you're surrounded it is it is it, it's either going to be the Alamo or um you know, or Black Hawk Down right. Well, the the other two, there's two, there's actually two actors in this movie that um, are from The Office, the 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 head billing Krasinski. John Krasinski, and then uh, David uh, Denneman was was also in The Office. He he played the uh, Boone, the uh, yeah Boone. He played the love interest um, of the of the guy that uh, John or the girl that uh, John Krasinski was you know falling in love with. Um, so both of those were were in The Office uh, together. And and so th- those were familiar faces for me, and they both. I thought, you know what? Ever since I saw this National Geographic, um, and I got it's been twenty plus years ago, of a, like a, a of a seal class. Um, you know, when I, when I was in my twenties, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, seals were you know superhuman people, and and they are mentally, but physically, you know, some of them are just they just look like you would just if you saw them on the streets, you would you would average you would guys question. Yep. If yep. they were lying to you, because they're just, they're just, they're just average looking dudes, but have just incredible mental strength. Well, and, um, hey, and real so, quick, real quick, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I know, we, we know a Green Beret. You, yep. you wouldn't recognize this dude as Green Beret. Yep. And we, we knew a guy, Force Recon, Marine Force Recon, would not, some of the most easy, down to earth, quiet, as you, we all know, we've met guys like this. Mm-hmm. Quiet, down to earth, funny. You, you, they're they're not what you think they are. You're exactly right, Jeff. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, matter, doesn't matter what area, what what MOS. These guys, they they don't they aren't what you think they are. Right. They're they're not Superman. Nope. They're 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 guys that are passionate about what they're doing. And you know, and, and so you know, a lot of people, they kind of they're like, well, how is this guy from the office going to go on here and, and play this kind of badass role? Well. In my opinion, I think he he pulls it off rather well, yep. um, you know. But, but also, I mean, you know, they, and and they all have you know very different demeanors. I mean, I think you know Tonto is mm-hmm. again one of my favorites because he's he's got that kind of high anxiety, which is kind of where I'm usually at, and um, <clears throat> and he's just kind of narrating. He's kind of narrating the movie for us. He's just like you know, if you're thinking this is crazy, it's because it is crazy. You know, we're Perfect. surrounded by the enemy. And we're all just walking around here like we're, you know, you know, just kind of surveying the land. Um, it's it is truly it's it, at one point somebody says, it's, it, you know, it's surreal and it truly is. I mean, there are times you're just like this. Is it really did this happen? I mean, is this is this what it's like? I mean, you know, we, we like to think things are, are very departmentalized, but 
this show just shows you how really convoluted a non-traditional battle scene really is. Right. And, you know, when those guys, those CIA operatives get into um, that car and have to go, you know, are trying to get back to the, the oh, CIA. Yeah. Go left. Go left, yeah. Um, go left. I mean, you know, that... Again, you're, you know, you're, I mean, you know, what would you do in that situation? I mean, you know, this is, I mean, it's a very, you know, fluid doesn't even begin to describe what this environment was. And I thought that scene, the whole, the whole, these guys are not going to get out of it. You know, that, that whole scene of that, that whole car chase and their whole exodus from the consulate, that was one of the most well done scenes of tension, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these guys are not going to get out of it. I'm assuming that was an armored vehicle. I mean, that 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 was not your Uh, standard. uh, No, No, but I did like it when it came in with the you know tires on fire and yeah. I mean it. I mean you know guys getting out and sucking wind. I mean and you know I mean you know just I mean I there gets to be a point you know when when I'm wanting know whether. Pearl Harbor, we all agree, is just a wretchedly horrible movie. It's but right there's up there with King Arthur. It it may be, uh, and Deep Blue Sea. Uh, but there there's a point when the Japanese planes are coming in, and I'm sitting there in the movie theater, and just this just this sinking feeling comes over me because it's like I know what happens here, and it was the same thing in this movie. It's there you get towards the end of the movie, and I was like. You know what? I know what happens here. And it's, 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 it, it, this impending doom kind of comes over because you're like, this, this doesn't end well. And, uh, at least for a couple of them. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to see later on because you, I feel they did a, a magnificent job of, of really character development in this movie in the, you know, two hours that we have it here. I think you really get to see the differences in the characters and you really kind of get to know them and you kind of get attached to them pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quick. It's funny you say that because, and I agree in part, Jeff, but that was one of the things that I really would like, I really would like to have seen more of because it kind of gets a little confusing in the third act as to who's who. I mean, guys are bearded, guys have got, they're geared up. And, and you got some of that, and I know this movie was actually a four-hour movie, and honestly, I would like to see the full version. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That's, yeah, that's it, was, huge. it was a four-hour. He, he shot a four-hour version. But I would have liked to have, and it's not a character development issue, it's just I would have liked to have gotten to know a little more about these guys, because I wanted to. So I'm not down-ticking it necessarily, it's just I wish we'd gotten to know them a little more, that's all. No, I'm with you, Mark. It was it's not like they didn't put, spend a lot of time trying to develop characters and showing the interactions and all, but there got, there came a point where there's so much chaos and, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the dark. They're, you know, geared, like say they got beard, you know, they're bearded. They got dust and debris all over them. It was kind of hard to tell who was who. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Which meant it was the only one that was easy to follow just because I knew I was going to get a good line from him was Tonto. You, you knew Tonto, and you <laughs> yeah. knew Jack Silva. You know, well, the you knew, got a little harder. You knew Oz, obviously, but he wasn't really with them at the compound originally. He right. was doing his own gig. Right. So it got, it was a little, 
and, and again, it's not it's not a complaint against the actors, and it's not a, a complaint against Michael Bay. It's just one of those movies that honestly, I want to go back. I really want to go back and watch again. I mean, I'm glad I own it. I got it when Amazon had a deal on it, and it's on Amazon Prime. So anybody wants to watch it, um, it, it is one of those. I think I, I miss. There's a lot of stuff I missed because there's just so much coming at you. I spent four hours watching the movie the first time. I kept going back and redoing it and redoing it because there's so much going on. And then I watched it again tonight uh, before, but and I was obviously much more familiar with the characters at that point, so it it flowed pretty easily for me. But the first time I watched it, I literally I went back. I, it took me four hours to get through it because I just kept saying, "Okay, well, who was that?" And I kept going back and make sure I knew who was who. Uh, I, I, you know. I agree with all of you in that you, you 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 like these guys so much that you want to develop them. I think they developed them as much as they could. I mean, if there's anybody that didn't really get developed as much, it's probably the guy that played Boone. Uh, but even he had his moments. But but you know, obviously Jack and Roan, Tonto, Tig, they all had their and Oz. You know, they all had their moments. But Mark, you are right because I'm sitting there going like, I like these guys. I'd like to see a lot more of the interplay between them because that's some of the fun, the most enjoyable parts. Was just the you know the guy talk, nothing else, you know. Yeah, these these are guys. I mean, well, we we kind of in our own little way. This is why we do this podcast. I mean, yep. you know, people who listen to us, all eight of them. Um, <laughs> God love each and every one of your furry little heart. You know, it, it, it's that bullshit and banter. You know that. Uh, you know, you can't do it in an office with women. Trust me, I know. Um. <laughs> um there we go. Yeah. And there's some great, and there are some great lines, like, you know, you referenced earlier, good talk. You know, there's just, it, it, it's that undercurrent. And it's, it, it's not, it's, if I'm not, if I'm not bitch slapping you, I don't like you. That's, that's the bottom line. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, really it, well done in this movie. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I mean, I really do think, I honestly think, if this movie had not been come out in the hotbed of that election last year, if this movie doesn't, you know, indirectly causing people some political issues, that if this movie, if this movie was an absolute work of fiction, an absolute work of fiction, one, I think the critics would have liked it. I really do. Cause I can't see what the flaws are. I just don't see them. Well, I mean, you're I right. T- uh, it, it holds up. Yeah. And Brian, the flaws are. It came out at the wrong time. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Because otherwise, and one of you guys said it, I, it's Rorsch Drift. Yeah, it's Zulu. Yeah, it's Zulu Dawn. I mean, wow. Holy crap. Well, is it Tig that says, or, or not Tig, maybe Tonto says something about Fort Apache. You know? <laughs> no, no, he made a comedy. He's like, all right, I'm done with 2012 Alamo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's he like had, he was good. I that, like that character. That guy, that guy stole the show. I mean, he had all the good lines, and yeah. um, actually, half your nicknames come from him. Just so you know. But anyway, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, let's move on. We have to move on to uh, brother. What you drinking, Mark? I had to put you on the spot, but no, no on, problem. You're on the spot. All right. Um, Lagunitas or Lagunitas or Lagunitas or however the hell they pronounce their brewery. It's out of um, wow. Petaluma, California in Chicago. The Lagunitas Gazuntite. It, it, it's a brewing company. Um, 
it's a limited release, and I, I love the name because it kind of kind of fits the the evening. the The title of their beer is Wilco F- Tango Foxtrot. WTF? Wow, nice. Um, it, it it these guys put out some real interesting beers. I like them. They're a little different. This is a this is a malty um, ale. They got a lot of bullshit on their label, so it's kind of hard to describe what it is. But essentially, it's an ale, a little malty malt with uh, a bit of hoppiness on the back end. About five bucks for a 1.6 ounces and a 7.8 ABV. These guys come out with some real interesting beers. If you've ever seen them, they've got a they've got a dog, kind of a throwback dog from the um, 30s, kind of the spanking our gang looking dog on their label. Good stuff if you can find it. Wilco Tango Foxtrot or Whiskey Tango Foxtrot um, WTF, which I thought was very appropriate for tonight. It's a good beer, um, and it, 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 it's not overly malty in that sickeningly sweet kind of way. It's got a little hop back end. Um, they, they put out some interesting stuff. So I, I've tried them before. I would say anything you want to try with them, you're not going to get hurt. Um, and they do some unique stuff. So L A G U N I T A S, which is also backwards, satin agal. So there you go. Um, Lagunitis Beer Company. Good beer. Nice. All right. Jeff, what do you got? I ain't drinking shit tonight. Really? That's terrible. Terrible head cold. I'm not drinking anything. You need to eat bourbon. I may need to put it through my nose is what I need to do. My God. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll go ahead. I am drinking. I I don't know if I've ever actually done this one on the show, guys. Uh, This is from the um, Chestnut Brewing Company. It's a Mm. Weiss beer, ale, and it's called Schnickelfritz. I've heard of it. <laughs> what is it? A white beer? A vice beer. Oh, okay. Nice, nice light wheat beer. Uh, I, I swear at some point, and I'm sure somewhere in the Beecham files, I could probably pull it up, but it's been a while. But yeah, I'm drinking Snickle Friends. And I'm chasing it with some other stuff because I'm in pain right now, but that's okay. That's what I've oh, got. Oh yeah, because of, because of your horrific, um, Scissor accident. Well, there was that. I still think I need stitches. Well, when it becomes septic. Well, it hasn't turned gray yet. So, all right. So, uh, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, What's the ABV on that bad boy? Oh, on the uh, Schnickel Fritz? Oh, Christ. Mm. It's probably like 4%. I have no idea. Hold on. Who's the brewing company again? It is the, hold on. Where'd they go? Chestnut? Chestnut Street Brewing Company. Where are they out of? I didn't know there was a what? test. Yeah, there is a quiz. I'm sorry, UrbanChestnut.com. St. Louis. Oh. Good oh, ribs. Perfect. Good ribs out there. Good ribs. Just so you know. Good ribs. Yeah, so. Oh, it said drink responsibly. <laughs> Those fools. What? <laughs> All right. So Jeff's not drinking anything, so we have to move on. Reverend, how's the Pruno? You know what? There's no news on the Pruno front, and I'm I'm like Jeff tonight. So, oh my God, nothing what, to report. What is with you people? Terrible, this is, isn't it? This is oh. head cold. All right, Ken. 
It's now time for Catching Up with Ken. My darling, I can't get up your love, Well, since the last time we had a podcast, probably the highlight I had was last Friday. I uh, started out by joining some friends uh, down at the Brass Ring, my favorite bar of all places. Mark, in case you were wondering, if you forgot, it's not a strip club. I didn't say a word. But you were thinking it. I, I, what are you, Jedi mind reader or something? I, 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 I went to the Psionics Institute. But anyways, uh, after that was done, I then went to the west side to the Eight Second Saloon. Uh, my friend Ryan's band was opening for Henry Lee Summer. I'll be done. So hung really? out with a group of folks, listened to Henry Lee Summer, and you know, local boy made big back in the day. He's trying to, you know, making a comeback a little bit. He's had some hard time, but yeah, he and he, I, I was a huge Henry Lee Summer. He's got a, you know, you can download on Apple Music his debut album, and it still holds up. It's what well, it is. I mean, he put on a good show. Yeah. I mean, He's got to be 50-something now, but, again, put on a good show, and uh, I was out there until about midnight. And, I just uh, hope he can get his life back together because he's a, he's a very talented artist. He is. He is. And like I say, I, it's, it seems like he is. I know other people that know him, and they say he's, you know, he really wants to, you know, get things going again. And uh, he just, you know, there's that thing. I mean, he's one of these people. That's his life. That's what he enjoys. So. You know, he's not out there to try to like become a national star or anything. I mean, he, for those of you that really don't, listeners that may not know Henry Lee Summer, he, he had maybe three or four hits back in the eighties that like national hits. Would that be about right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. But some of his stuff that weren't hits, he's kind of a, an upbeat rockabilly version of John Mellencamp. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what they were. That was his but, niche, really. But um, more talented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and no. better lyrics and much better lyrics. I would really, if you're, if you have Apple Music, Henry Lee Summer, go download the album. It is well worth, it is well worth your time. It's well, for what stuff. it's worth, uh, I didn't know there's all this Henry Lee love. If, if we, I get another uh, gig like this, I have access to, I'll let you know and you can join us. Yeah. But he's, no. and he used to be a part of a band called the Alligator Brothers, which yes. they were, they were great in their day. That's I used to see them down at the old Lulu's bar, mm-hmm. which is, for those of you that don't know Indianapolis, which is most listeners, Lulu's <laughs> was a bar on the north side, which the first time I was going, I, I'd i never been there. So I asked a, a young woman of my acquaintance, says, uh, you know, I'm going to Lulu's. What do you think of that place? And she goes, ugh. She goes, that's where grandfathers go to pick up granddaughters. and Wow. There was truth to that statement. <laughs> wow. It's also, you know, Cougar Central back in the day. So enough about that, but really that's in terms of me being out and about, that's really it. Didn't do anything tonight. Had a business dinner last night, which was a very nice awards dinner, but you know, not something to party down at. So that's about it for me. Very wow. nice. Nice. All right, well, there you go. Uh, that's with... Sorry. Damn it. What are you doing? I think he's looking for that ring we were talking about earlier. Must have fell <laughs> off. No, I'm sorry. My chair ran over the cord on my headset. 
Oh, yeah, because there's never been that kind of a hiccup on a show before. Never. Never. Top men. Muncie. <laughs> sorry. sorry. That, was, that was a good place to insert that. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, that's it with uh, Brother What You Drinking and also catching up with Ken. So now, because, again, unfortunately, uh, we don't have clips, we move on to the uh, the top ten of, how year was this? Uh, 2016. 2016, last, last year. year. Holy shit. Yes. Wow. Try and keep up. Well, as is my once, I'm going to just throw out a, a name of a few movies, which I believe deserve a little comment, uh, that weren't in the top ten. Uh, first of those is The Revenant, which I saw recently, and I kind of enjoyed it. Certainly something different. Did any of you guys see The Revenant? I, I did. I saw it last year. I have not. I didn't go to the, I didn't go to the movies and see it. I really liked the setting. I thought the, the the time period and what they did with it was really good. Um, it, it went a little bit long, but uh, but I, I uh, it's a solid movie, I mean, even with um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. But I think uh, Tom Hardy uh, kind of steals the show. I yeah, haven't I mean, seen it yet. Is it worth is it worth a rental? Yes. It's that, I mean, the only other movie I can think of that's set in that period is the old Jeremiah Johnson with Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. The whole mountain men, like 1830s fur trappers in the West. It's a good show. And that bear mauling scene is... Oh, man, I mean, you know, that's, that's rough. But no, Mark, I would say, you know, if you can catch it on Netflix, definitely worth the watch. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree. That's where I saw it. Uh, another movie that came out, which I don't know if you guys saw it or liked it, but when I saw the name, I thought of you guys. Warcraft. Uh, I did see it. Did, no, I, I heard it made, the reason there's going to be Warcraft 2 is because it made a boatload of money in China. Uh, probably. I mean, Steve, did you see it? I have not seen it yet. Um, I saw it. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I mean, it is what it is. You know, again, you know, a lot of times there isn't, uh, you know, black and white, good and evil. There's a lot of gray and, uh, you know, there's, you know, your side, my side and the right side. I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was fine for what it was. I mean, it, uh, is it outstanding? Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, you, you get, you've got that and you've got, you know, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's, you well, know, it's like, well, Jeff, I I, th- I think what it is is that if you're a hardcore Warcraft player, yeah, you'll like it. I, I've heard if you if you play Warcraft, you get it a lot more. And yeah, sure. I was told by Nolan, who used to play it a lot, that actually it's pretty good, particularly if you play the game. And they treated the game uh, respectfully in terms of you know the stuff in the movie is stuff. If you played the game, you you know. I mean, including characters, I suppose. I don't know about that, but some of the magical so. effects were casting spells looked pretty badass. I, honestly, I mean, I think the I thought the story was really solid. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's a pretty solid movie. It did well. Uh, the final movie I've got, which wasn't in the top ten, which I know Steve didn't see. I don't know if anybody else here might have seen it. Uh, was Doctor Strange. 
didn't get a chance to see that. Another Marvel comic universe uh, made enough to almost get up there in the top ten. It was right behind. Uh, again, superhero, a unique superhero. I don't know Doctor Strange. I haven't seen it, so I can't really talk about it. But I thought that's something one of you guys might have seen. Getting into the top ten, starting out with a movie that got tons of buzz and lots of press. I didn't see it. I don't think I want to see it, but it's Suicide Squad. Saw it. Like it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a big Marvel fan, but that movie, it, it just, there, there was, it was, it was different. You know? What's a, D, what's a DC world? Yeah. Not Marvel. Marvel DC. It's a, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, I could see the potential. There was, you know, shiny spots, but I've just, I, I, at one point I'm like, I, I totally disengaged from it and started doing something else. I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess this movie's getting kind of interesting again. And it was, it just didn't keep, just didn't keep my interest. So I'd, ste- I'd step away for a moment. What movie are we talking about? Suicide Squad. Oh God, I took my son to see that movie. And even for a 14 year old, he's like, dad, this, this thing is all over the place. That's what I kept hearing. It was just disjointed and had tons of plot holes. Had to suspend disbelief. It, I guess, well, I guess that is the DC normal. universe, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't give a rat's ass about any of the characters. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It, Moving it's on. A mess. It's a mess. Okay. All right. Maybe some listeners will disagree, but yeah, that's sort of what I heard. At number nine, another superhero movie, which I saw and I kind of liked it. It was Deadpool. Mm. <laughs> that is, that's possibly going to be up for some solid Academy Awards. Hold on, Seriously. they're talking that may get a that may get a Best Actor nod. Hey, bro, hey, Jeff. Yeah. Time to make the chimichangas. <laughs> I, I thought it was a really good movie. All right. The best part of it is Patrick Stewart or. When he goes, which timeline? These timelines are so confusing. That movie busts through the fourth, the fourth wall. Oh man, it it almost the fourth wall almost sits on you at one point. Oh, yeah. Well, my uh, understanding is that's what the character is famous for in the comic books. Yes. Oh yeah. It's very consistent with the character it, in the comic books. Look, you know what? I I I like Ryan Reynolds. I, I do. Been, and you know there there are certain actors there are certain roles for them. And, uh, and this this role was, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't tailor made. He just he just tailor fit this role. Yeah. Okay. And of course, it has is uh, Gina Carano in it, so that didn't uh, that didn't hurt the yeah. the movie watching. So, yeah. well, the first time I saw an ad for this, I thought it was a farce. I didn't think it was a real movie. <laughs> I, did, I did. I thought it was some joke ad that somebody put up. I'm like, somebody goes, no, that's got that's got to be a movie, dude. I'm like, oh. Okay. I get that. I get how you and might think. And Michelle Nichols steals the show in every scene she's in. <laughs> God, about her. <laughs> You're right. I, I, I. If we reviewed that movie, I would thoroughly enjoy doing so. It, it is so irreverent to the superhero genre. That's what's great about it. It's kind of a Smokey and the Bandits of superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> 
I, I don't know about now you're, that. You're talking about some real classics here, Mark. So. Uh, I love Smokey and the Bandit, but remember, Burt Reynolds looks right at you in the camera, in the <laughs> camera and winks. So does Ryan Reynolds. How have we not reviewed Smokey and the Bandit? Oh, my God. we got to put that on the list. We have got I play, to that. I think it's Steve's fault. Hey, I, Steve. No, it's Muncie's. Episode 199. Oh, are you, are you freaking band. kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Just when he thought he was going to get away from it. <laughs> Seriously? Dude, dude, dude it, <laughs> it, you've pretty much been posting um, what's that's, um, on Facebook all, all all the time. What's his name? God, oh, yeah, Jackie Gleason. Jackie yeah. Gleason. Yeah. Hey, it's got Jerry Reed. Jack, I'll be, I'll be singing Jerry oh. Reed songs. You know what? I, 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 that's not. It's guy. got a basset hound. Basset hound. I'll tell you what, but guys. You know what? Whatever you got, you voted. Like I said, two hundred. You know what it is. <laughs> you two hundred. You know what it <laughs> right, is. Right. Then we're doing Smokey and the Bandit next week. All right. Is it streaming anywhere, by the way? <laughs> Probably on YouTube. Well, we'll need to check. Don't promise it. We need to check. Uh, moving on to number eight. I suspect some of you saw this one, maybe at the theater. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I yep. want to see it. I haven't, though. Thought. No, haven't seen it. Did you like it, Brian? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, yeah. it's good. We, we, uh, we, we, you know, that's a. We seldom go out and see new movies anymore, and that was one where Sheila goes, "Hey, let's let's go see that." So when I think the kids were home for Thanksgiving, and I think we all went out and saw it. It was a good movie. Good movie. Good to know. Maybe good not a man cave movie, but no, not a man cave movie. Okay, but a good movie. My daughter's a huge, still a huge Harry Potter fan, so when it comes out on rental, we'll 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 rent it. Yeah, it's gotten. I I haven't heard anything bad about it, but I'm just not a Potter fan. No, yeah, I, see, I can't. I'm the same way. I, I'm just kind of ambivalent to the whole universe there, but, you know, it was okay. And number seven, uh, I'd say this ranks as a man cave movie, but I I don't know if we'll review it. I don't know if you guys saw it or even liked it. I saw it, and I'll give it a, you know, very middle of the road score Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. Don't like the DC universe. I, I, I actually like the other Batman movies. I haven't seen this though, and I but I heard also that Affleck was, despite the fact that everybody was going to want to hate him, that he was actually pretty good in this movie. But again, I'm I just not, heard not it, seen. I just heard it was a turgid mess. Well, it's the whole thing that, I mean, really, they had they had to set up a fight between Batman and Superman, right? And then. You know, if you're true to the series, I don't care how good Batman prepares, he's still going to get his ass kicked. And then because they had to shoehorn Wonder Woman in, so they'd have, you know, well, pay off for the that. next thing. Yeah. The, the Justice League. Yeah. yeah. And so, well, I mean, the, the, the problem always with a Superman movie is you're literally, you are literally talking about a god. It's like, uh, some guy's robbing a bank. Well... God will f- take care of that. Not a, not a problem. I mean, there's there's just not really. It's just hard to get excited about the guy that well he can fly at the speed of light. He can burn you with his laser eyes. He can pick up the freaking you know, rocket Gibraltar and throw it across the continent. I mean, boy, that's a challenging situation there. Uh, 
Mr. Superhero, you know, how are you going to stop bad things happening when you can do everything? I mean, they, wow. they did what they could. What does that sound have. like? Gee, I can't imagine why Brian even thinks that. It sounds like it sounds like a weekend at Steve's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine why I can't get into superhero movies. They don't die. You're just you're just jealous. Whatever. Moving on, at number six, uh, a non-man cave movie, but nonetheless was very popular, The Secret Life of Pets. I've heard it was good. That's it. Kids saw it. Liked it. That's, that's what matters. That's who that's aimed at. At number I mean, the, five, what? I mean, the irony is, a lot of the animated stuff is as good as the live action stuff. Just in general. Well, speaking of animated and live action, uh, the next one is The Jungle Book, which was originally a pure animated story, and then it was turned into a, this version was live action with lots of CGI. Fabulous movie. Loved it. Was it? Did yes. they do a good job? I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Kipling fan. Did they stay true to the book? I can't answer that, uh, but I just know this. Probably it was really, story. really, really an enjoyable movie. I mean, all the characters were exceptional. And at the tail end of the movie, Ken, did you see it? No. At the tail end of the movie, they have like these different, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. They have these vignettes with music and each vignette is totally different. And it's just very entertaining. I mean, and this is after the movie. It's just, I, I, I uh, we, we all thought it was, ex- it's an exceptional movie. I would strongly advise anybody to see that. I'll, I'll, that sounds like a good movie to watch with the kids. That's awesome. I'll need to put it on my list then, based on that review. At number four, a movie which I think many of us have seen. It might be a man cave movie. Uh, I don't think anybody in the world didn't know it was coming out, and that would be Rogue One, a Star Wars story. We're going to be reviewing that very soon. Good flick. Uh, very impressive. Nice to see they saved the franchise. I was um, listening to a review of it, and again, I'm not saying I'm not agreeing with this, but these reviewers, which were sort of amateurs like we are. Uh, one of them said it's basically two-thirds dark character development of people you really don't care much about, and then one-third the Dirty Dozen. Except the Dirty Dozen was a more optimistic movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would disagree on the character development, because there were some fascinating characters there I would love to learn, like in this movie, more about. But that's I'm just repeating what they said. I'm not agreeing. So we'll, we'll review this in full some night. Uh, yeah, well, I think the short version is we were all very impressed by this movie. I yes. was, yeah, I was. I was. I, mean, I, 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 got, I got my quirks, my, my nitpicks. Sure. But, yeah. But taking it as a whole, it, 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 it restored my faith in the universe, as it were. I, I'm stunned the movie made it through the Disney. Yes world if you will and I'm, I'm i'm actually very surprised that movie got done because when i heard what it was going to be about a year or so ago 
I thought, man, that's a that's a grown up Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then I heard they were having trouble, and I thought, oh my god, the the freaking guy with the bad Bahamian accent, they're gonna probably stick his ass in this movie or some bullshit like that. <laughs> and and uh, Jar Jar, yeah, and 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 it didn't it didn't sell out. But I mean, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think to a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans. I mean, I, one of our guys in our office, his daughters love Star Wars. He came back from the movie, took his daughters, and he goes, "Oh man, that, that was it was not good." And I'm sitting there going, "Well, look, you got all girls. They love Star Wars. They like to dress up like Princess Leia. It, I, if you had told me it was good, I would have worried because it ain't it ain't your mama's Star Wars." No. We'll discuss it more later. At number three, another cartoon aimed more at a younger crowd, Zootopia. Can't speak to it. That's it. Okay. Well, then, the Disney company needs to get more attention now at number two. The sequel to a very popular movie, Finding Dory. Missed it. Uh, Saw it. Saw Not it. terrible. Did you like it? It was okay. <clears throat> it's okay. I, it, I, I like Dory as a little cartoon character. Though. It, it, it was basically Finding Nemo from Dory's um, perspective. It was just flipping the story. The best part is, who's the guy from Cheers? Uh, Cliff Clavin. Yeah, he's always in every movie. He's yeah. great in this movie. John but, Ratzenberger. Yeah, John Ratzenberger. But I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah, I mean, it's entertaining. It's, it, it's a it's very much a niche movie. If you're ten or under, you'll love it. Okay. Well, I'm not ten or under. No matter how immature I am, I'm not that immature. Right. I, I will finally. go back and tell you guys. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't number one. Go, go ahead. Sorry. No. Finally, at number one. Steve didn't see this movie. It's Captain America Civil War. I will tell you, I, William's a huge fan. I went with him. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. The, the Captain America movies consistently have been, you know, yeah. like the Iron Man the first movie was great. Some of the others were just not. Uh, yep. Thor has always kind of been up and down for me. Yep. Captain America movies, I think all three of them have been very good. Yep. Uh, very I good. Love Winter Soldier. Uh, yep. Captain America yep. consistently has done a great job. And I, I'll be honest with you, I watched Captain America the original movie, the whole World War II thing, and I get a little, yep. I get a little choked up. I just and do. you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a cap. You know, it's that whole. Cap versus Iron Man, and I fall in the Cap category. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they did a good I, job of presenting both sides of the argument. Yeah, and you can see both sides, but you know, yeah, you, you can. Make, and you, you and make it makes choice. you two sides. Yeah. Well, in a, in a way, to me, it was a little bit of the same thing I ran into with Batman versus Superman, though, which was, you know, the dispute felt contrived. Oh yeah, agree. I know. Yes, they do do a good job of developing both sides, but the fact that they're they come down to duking it out full scale, I I, I would think well, they. And that's what you have to you know you remember. This is a Marvel universe. We yeah. have the heroes, Marvel movies. 
Heroes have a battle, they barely overcome. Second act, heroes have a battle, they lose. Okay, that was the battle everybody loses. Third act, heroes have a battle, and they win, and they resolve. That's Marvel movies. But it, it, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I'm a huge, but I'm a huge Cap fan. I like Captain America. Well, the the whole Civil War thing played out a few years ago in a big, big way. I mean, it was it was part, and it was it was world shattering in the in the Marvel universe. I mean, the Civil yep. War was a big deal, and it ended very badly for Cap, by the way. Yeah. Uh, in the comic books, so. Um, it, it may seem contrived in the in the in the in the movie, but it, it really is part of. Uh, I mean, again, there's a hundred different <clears throat> storylines and stuff that happened in Marvel, but the, the whole Civil War thing was uh, was a big, big, big deal in the Marvel universe, and and yeah. uh, so they they you know they tried as best they could to condense it down to two hours, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm but I'm I'm a Marvel. I like Captain America. So I'm. Biased. I liked it. I mean, I did like it. I mean, I had my little complaints, oh, yeah. about it, but it's still. Oh yeah. But I think the other thing that carries that movie and that series well is they cast it well. Oh yeah. And Steve's checked out completely. He's like superheroes. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I will say this. Going back that list, you guys do need to see Jungle Book. It's well worth it. I'll I'll add it to my list. That's all I can say. Yeah. Anyways, that's the top ten. So let's move on. Awesome. All right, hey, there you go, Steve. Real quick, can we can we just add, can can we just throw out? We haven't done this for this movie. What were because I think it, this war movie warrants it. What were it's, what was everybody's favorite scene or scenes? Steve, I'll start with you. What was your favorite scene? Because this movie's got—it's pretty powerful. I honestly, I think I think the favorite scene that I had was—I kind of think it was that initial assault where they were just getting that. It's like oh, we see stuff coming at us, and the one guy's like, "I'm not shooting kids. Don't shoot anybody without a gun because they have a weapon," and it's like. Really? There's there's like people dancing on your position. You're just sitting there. And when they finally got the order to open fire, that I that was kind of big. Yeah, that that is a good scene because they're they're very conflicted. That, yeah. That's really well. You're right on, Steve, with that one. Well, and and for good reason because you know the, the, these guys are contractors. They're they're not they're not with like a military unit per se. And, you know, it, it, there's a follow-up comment like, you know, I don't want you guys having to go to court or, you know, go to prison right. for, yeah. for shit. I mean, and, you know, and until you, you know, know, you know, who these people are that are, yeah, yeah, you, absolutely. They, you know, they were, you know, you know, marking them and painting them up and saying, okay, you got this guy, you got this guy, but we're not doing anything until they, you know, until we see hostile intent. And, you know, and it just, it, painted it that you know you just you just can't go out there guns blazing until you're sure yeah well and and never mind go ahead continue so jeff what do you what was your favorite scene um favorite i should have known that this uh this is coming up um it's the time period between the time they leave 
the CIA compound and go to the annex. It's that whole, they're trying to make their way there. And they're encountering, you know, they're having to figure it out as they go. I mean, you know, and it's like, who are these guys? Are they, you know, you know, whatever, you know, three, five, seven, six fed or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Is it fit? You know, federation, you know, fed 17. And it's like, well, you know, you know, it it was like every time they went around a corner, it was just like good or bad. We don't know. There's no uniform. There's no identification. You know, it's like, if, if they raise a weapon, I guess they're bad, right? And, you know, it all, I mean, it was, it was truly like, I mean, it was almost in a, and a, you know, a role playing adventure where it's just like, okay, you know, roll for surprise, roll for, I mean, it was just like all along the way, these little things, you know, like, you know, dudes are just pop up beside them, you know, who the hell are you? You know, it, it was just, you know, like you said, we're, they're walking down the street, you know. Somebody's, you know, they're getting ready to go to battle. There's something going on and you got people, you know, sitting and eating meals and watching TV and playing soccer in the streets. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, again, you know, they can't, they're all alone out there and they're having this great dialogue and banter back and forth. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's action going on and, and, and it's, you know, and it, there's a lot, that's where I think a lot of the, I go back to in a two-hour movie and an action movie. I mean, it did, I still think this movie did a great job of doing character development in an action movie where there's a ton of action in this movie. So it, it, those are my that's my that's my favorite part. I've always get a big kick out of that. Ken, what do you think? I'm going to say it's not just one scene, but it's about the first 10, 12 minutes of the movie, which just sets up the location. And all the things you just talked about, the chaos, the uncertainty, and the introduction to the various players. And you, you, you quickly get a feel for the compound, who's who, uh, and what's going on. Yeah. What about you, Brian? You know, I hadn't really thought about it and I'm really hard pressed to pick it. I mean, although I, I do agree with Ken that the start of the movie really sets it up nicely. And this is not my favorite scene, but I got to mention the scene because it's just funny as shit. Um, <laughs> it's a scene when they're in the compound and these, and you mentioned it earlier, referred to it, Mark. The guy comes out, the big old guy comes out and he's got like his dinner shirt on. <laughs> and it looks like I'm, I'm thinking like, the Sopranos going to show up, you know, because it's like a <laughs> big fat mafia guys, and they just start shooting all over. And they're like, like where did they come from? You know, yeah. I expect to see you know, like spaghetti outside of his mouth. But, <laughs> but uh, actually, I think the scene that I like the most. It, it was a very quiet scene. It was, it was, it was between uh, Tonto and Boone set up on that rooftop. Um, yeah, and you know, Tonto starts out saying, "You know, I never really worry about getting getting killed," and and on, and, and and you know, they both had some back and forth, and what they both said was was cool. And then, you know, then uh, Tonto goes, I'll, "I'll see you, man." He's getting ready to climb off the roof, and they're looking at each other, and you're thinking, like, they both are basically saying their goodbyes. You know, they, yeah. they know they're they know they're not going to make it. And I, I just I don't know that that scene just really hit me. Uh, again, I, I wish I could remember all the, the back and forth, but. But it was just a good scene. Plus, there was also a scene like that with with uh, Roan and Silva, where you you knew that Silva, you just you could see it coming. You know, they yeah. were talking about their families and like, okay, one of these guys ain't gonna make it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that those were those are again the, the Tonto Boone roof scene. I it just kind of hung with me. Yeah, for me it was. I you knew you were getting thrust in another world when they had the throwdown when early in the first ten minutes of the movie when they got stuck in that traffic jam and accident mm-hmm. and they're pulling pistols going you want to go right here right now mm-hmm. 
you you knew okay we, we we're in Indian country now, and I thought that really kind of set the tone that that you know you Dorothy you've gone you've gone through the looking glass. Um, th this is this is bad. And then the throwaway scene. There was a throwaway scene, and I laughed. And I know I'm not supposed to, but one of the guy. It's one of the assaults. I think it's the second attack on the compound, the CIA compound. And Teague or Boone or somebody hits a guy who's getting ready to fire an RPG, and he plants the RPG <laughs> and goes right around. in the ground. <laughs> Everybody around it just becomes RPG meat. And I laughed my ass off at that scene. And that was technically really well done. Mm -hmm. And I know that's cruel, but I don't care. <laughs> well, I, one of the things I liked in the movies when Martini, when he found out what was going on, and he was out there with uh, <laughs> the, the CIA agent, and he gets her back into town. He gets her back, or get, gets her back behind a compound. And he knows that he's he's the only one there. I mean, right. Roan, Tonto, Boone, Tig, they're all gone. And he just freaking takes over. He goes yep. in there and says, here's what we're going to do. I mean, but, you know, without any second thought, he's like, okay, I'm here now. It's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm setting this up. And uh, I, I just thought the way he took charge because he knew he was the only guy. And, you know, he, the other guys may not come back. You know, he's got to set this thing up because he goes, the, the, the Apaches are, what's the old line about the mornings? You know, the, the French and the Indians are going to show, you know, it's morning, yeah. it's time for the French and the Indians. But, uh, but the it's way morning, he took the over. The French and the Indians always come. Yeah. And they, and Ken, what do they do? They burn Mingo Town. They do. Because Mingo Town needs to be burned. <laughs> I have to go. I, within the month, within this month, I have burned Bingo Town at least once. All right, Steve, save us. All right, there you go. All right, so that's it with uh, the whatever favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. Uh, we are now moving on to the Man Cave movie review checklist of this great and fantastic film. All right, number one. Did anyone jump out of a window? I don't think so. I think there was a few RPGs that went through a window, but that doesn't count. Well, but it stands to reason those should, right? Yeah. Right. I, yeah, but, I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall any window. Yeah. Leaping. Yeah. No, no one actually went through a window. So there we go. All right. Let's see. Number two. Was there a Liv Tyler rolled movie? Alexia Barlet, who played Sonia, what'd you guys think of her? She was the only female. I mean, there was the wife at home, but she was the only female in the movie that was on site. I wouldn't call her a Liv Tyler character. No, she's, but she was definitely a side character. But then, you know, there's what, 30 CIA guys there and only a couple of them got any screen time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of side characters. I mean, yeah. she, she just is a, uh, just, just a reminder that, you know, there's not <clears throat> hardened military guys here. There's, there's a lot of, of different, uh, different types of people that are all here, you know, doing their thing. So. Well, yeah. they had the top, uh, the minds of the farm, you know, people that graduate from Yale and Harvard that obviously didn't know how to carry a freaking gun, but hey, you know, whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Did I say that out loud? You don't, you don't have to carry a gun to be successful in this world. But it uh, helps. Well, in Benghazi and... Uh, well, see, yeah. who, who was it that said you could get farther with a, what, a, 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 a kind word and a gun than just with a kind word? Right. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Thank you, Mr. Capone. Thank you. Right. That sounds like an Al Capone, but yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Was there a Wilhelm scream in this movie? No. 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 But there was ample opportunity if they wanted to plug it in. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Could the female role be better played by Tony Katane? No. And her, no. And her to a no. point, I think cardboard could have played it, but. <laughs> And it was what it was. It I mean, was. She, she was she was not a dynamic actress, but I don't no. know if the role called for that. Uh, let's see. Was there an AT montage in this movie? There's a scene in the movie I want to throw out to you guys. You know, when they know that the CIA base is going to get attacked. Yes. Where they're grabbing all their weapons. Mm-hmm. They're grabbing everything. They're laying it out on the desk. It kind of, I mean, but I get it. it, it it's montage but it's there for a reason versus being tropish. Yes. Um, I second the motion. I saw that too, Mark. Thank you. But I'm not sure if I would call that a full-blown Hollywood uh, 18 montage. It's a 21st century montage. Let's say. What do you? What do the rest of you guys think? I say no because a true 18 montage involves improvising weaponry to me and this ludicrous, ludicrous preparation. Now, there was... Oh, i, I got to back up a second. There sort of was an AT montage on the other side where those, got, those militiamen were trying to rig the artillery shell into the bus to make the bus... Oh, yes. Good. Yes. I mean, that that was montage but it didn't last long. Yeah. I, I, what were they trying to do exactly? I never really understood it. They were going to turn it. that into a basically a suicide battering ram. Yeah, they got to put a, some artillery shells in the, you know, wire up the artillery shells to go off, and then batter, probably batter the door down and blow it up inside the compound. <clears throat> keyword, looked, keyword looked, there being they were. It looked like monkeys trying to write Shakespeare, but that was just <laughs> Well, it ended about as well. Yeah. All right, there you go. There's our AT montage. All right, last and certainly not least. Was there a B5 reference in this movie? No. 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 Hmm. Nope. Okay. All right, none. All right, so folks, we are now moving on to the Man Cave movie review of this great fantastic film. All right, who's got this one? Who's up? Brian, take this one. No, nah, you guys have actually had a lot more to say about it than I have. I'd be interested to see No, what no, you really like no. it, Brian. So go ahead. You lead off, and then we'll hey, chime in yeah, afterward. Yeah, Brian, what, you have one, one final question before we go. Sure. I'll just throw it out there. Some people, some in my research, some of the people are commenting that uh, a lot of people think that the musical score in this yeah. movie is actually – a notch above what you would normally yes. expect. What do you guys Zimmer. That was Good Zimmer kid. again. Yep. 
And it's a better Hans Zimmer than last week's The Rock. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, anything's better by Hans Zimmer than The Rock. But you know, I mean, I like the military themes. I, I didn't like the movie, but I like the music. And then, like Jeff said, the guy—I mean, I know Mark. You think he just changes a chord, and you're right to a extent. But like, look at Black Hawk Down. I mean, who would have thought that was Hans Zimmer? You know, right? But in this, I did like the music for this, but I thought it fit well. I, I mean, you know. I liked the I liked the movie a ton. I mean, I I liked it as much as I like Black Hawk Down, which is a lot. Uh, I I just didn't see any of the. Uh, I mean, I, I I've not read a single review, so I I can't point at it. I I personally feel like any issues this movie had in terms of either attendance or bad reviews had everything to do with the political environment surrounding the movie, and and everything that was bes- that was assumed to be taking. I think everybody thought this movie's making a political statement. I don't, I just don't think it, I don't think it does. I really don't. Um, you, you can watch that movie and just say, why the hell did anybody help him? And the, it, it kind of ends there because you know what? That's happened before. I mean, it's not like that has never happened. I mean, it's awful that it did. But, uh, I, I, what I liked about the movie was a lot of things. I mean, I, I, the, the, the guy interplay was excellent. Uh, the little lines, I mean, would it would have been nice if it had been a four-hour movie and you could develop the characters? Actually, the only reason I wanted to develop the characters more is I liked them so much. But uh, I think that they handled it as well as you could handle in a in a two-hour movie that's basically 50%, 60% just balls-to-the-wall action. Um, and and obviously the action scenes were, were incredible. They were excellent. Again, I, I thought the, the, the guys were good. I thought that the... The way they portrayed the tension that existed between the, uh, between the CIA and the contractors were good. Uh, I, I thought that they portrayed the chaos. One interesting thing, you know, Mark, you were talking about the, you know, you're in my world now, you know, the, 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 uh, the operators. You know, it reminds me of that Mattis line. What is it? Like, be polite, be courteous, show professionalism, professionalism, and have a plan to kill everyone in the room. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of these guys. You know, they were calm, they were cool, they were collected. But they knew exactly what they had to do, and you know they do. And uh, I like the movie a ton. Uh, and uh, it's a movie. I again, I don't really buy movies anymore. I would probably pick this one up, and I'm going to give it an eight. I liked it that much. Nice, cool. Ken, well, I'll give it an eight also. Wow! Wow! That's big. That's you know, big from you. Well, it is, but you know, eight means I really liked it, and I did really like it. It, you know, I'll mirror most of what Brian said. We we've commented on the fact the the cinematography is good. The the use of lighting and color was pretty spectacular. I mean, it caught me a number of times. It was you know much better than you'd get in a typical movie like this. Uh, the actors were all solid. The writing was solid. The situation was good. You know, it, for a variety of reasons, it just, you know, it did not really burn up the box office. I, I do think a big part of that was it was up, you know, it was out there at the same time that Revenant was out there and, you know, Star Wars New Hope was out there still. It had some strong competition and it got that, you know, that rap, fair or not, that it's a political propaganda movie, which it's not. Uh, and they really don't talk about that. 
really at all. But nonetheless, that was a buzz that was out there. You only need, you know, a little bit of negative, negative publicity can go a long way. For those people that haven't heard, haven't seen it, it's out there. It's easy to get. I would recommend it. And I, you know, I didn't get to see it on HD TV, but I'm betting what Mark opened up with is probably true. It probably does look spectacular on a nice modern set. I really think if people saw this movie, or I, I really think that a lot of folks, when this movie came out, they said, you know, if I go see this movie, I am supporting a certain political side. And I think that drove a lot of folks away. When again, it wasn't, but I really think folks are going like, well, I, I'm not going to vote with my money. Yeah. And I really feel like a lot of folks thought they were voting, you know, by, by picking this movie, they were picking a side in the election. And again, I just think that's, it's not the case, but I think people felt that way. Yeah, I'll jump in to echo off of that. And I know I'll, I'll back you both up. I'll give it an eight. And it's really a men at war movie and about duty and guys, you know, warriors with that whole warrior ethos. Um, and I think it's Michael Bay's finest movie. I really do. Um, we, we've all touched on it. I think you both did a great job on touching on it. it, it there's some very good acting from some relatively unknown actors. Um, and I think they carry the movie well. Visually, it's stunning, and it, it, it cues to the events, um, as far as we know, and we'll never probably know the whole story. It, and it does make me want to read the book that this is based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a terrific piece of, uh, of, uh, of movie making about something that most Hollywood won't touch anymore. And I give Bay a lot of credit for doing it. Um, and one correction, uh, Zimmer didn't do the music for this one. Lorne Balfe did the music, or Balfe did the music for this movie. Um, he also did Terminator Genesis. He did a lot of, he got his start in a lot of, um, in like the Call of Duty and Crisis and the computer games. So it was a guy named Lorne Balfe who did the music. But, I thought I saw um, Zimmer in the credits, but hmm. he may have done one or two pieces, but this is credited to Lauren Balfe. If you could tell or any, anyway, I, I will give this an eight. I was, I, I'm glad I bought, I picked it up for, for very little on Amazon and now it's on Amazon Prime streaming. Um, it's a very powerful movie. Uh, and I think it's one of those much like Black Hawk Down that, um, should not be missed. And, and it's one of those I, I, I look forward to watching again. Um, but it's it's not an easy movie to watch. That's it. it. It's not, as you would say, Steve. You know, grab a ham sandwich and enjoy a movie. Right. It, 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 it's it's a hard movie to watch, in, in some respects. But but a powerful movie and a well done movie. Jeff, oh, what do you think? oh, hey, thanks. We were, you know, earlier I was alluding to the um, character development. I I have seen this movie. I went to the movie theater and saw it. And since then, I have, including the the run-up to this show, I, I've probably seen this six times. Um, I like it that much. And it is, um, you know, it is, it's one of those movies that's right there with, you know, Black Hawk Down, Lone Survivor. Um, it, it is, it's not, a, I'm glad you said it, it's not an easy movie to watch. It's also... Um, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a little easier to watch than Lone Survivor. You know, that one, that one, you know, took some, some time to get over. Um, 
you know, this, this is, um, this is an example of Michael Bay, who I, I think does a great job of telling the story. And he does, he does great jobs telling, telling military stories, uh, chronologically, um, and, and surprisingly, I think with, with good, with good detail. And he has a great, um, a great vision for how he wants to shoot these scenes. Um, because they're not very, they're not claustrophobic scenes. I mean, these are, you know, these are wide action, a lot of stuff on the screen at one time. And I, I just think Michael Bay is, is, uh, is a very talented individual. Um, great actors and, you know, not just, you know, you know, shooting, set the sequences up. But I, I really believe that, you know, the way he shoots a movie is, it, 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 you know, creates that visual appeal that everybody wants to see. And I do think you need to see this a couple times to truly understand, um, to get to, to see, there's a lot going on. And I think, you, you know, once you see it a couple times, you're like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I missed this, this interchange, this interplay between them. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, you know, development with as much as you can with an action movie. If you look, if you want character development, go watch the English patient. An action movie is not meant for character development. It's meant to give you a flavor for what these people are. And, and it clearly lays out the different personalities for everybody. But I mean, with some of them, you get to know them better. And yeah, like Brian said, you want to, you want to know more about them because they're, you know, intriguing individuals, but there's a story to be told. The story is bigger than the, you know, the characters. Um, the characters are important to the story, but we're trying to let you see, you know, how, how man deals with this ever changing environment. And, you know, if, if Ken's given this movie an eight, I mean, I by default have to go higher. So I, uh, I will throw down the gauntlet and call it a nine. And by the way, Hans Zimmerman is, was the executive producer for the score of this movie. Okay. Muncie. Out. Steve, to you. Oh. <laughs> What'd you think? Eight. Solid eight. We're pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I, I love this movie. I do. I really do. I mean, I, I uh, first time I watched it, I spent four hours because I just have, I, it was so much, it was just, it's a, it's a hell of a movie. I mean, I, I can't believe that it got apparently these bad reviews it got. I, I, it's a damn good movie. In retrospect, I should have watched it the way you watched it because, you know, my only beef the first time I watched it, you know, maybe a month or two back was, you know, that whole thing we we're talking about how some of these, you know, in the action sequences, you can lose sight of who is this guy? I mean, which one is this? I mean, cause it's kind of dark and kind of confusing. Uh, so it would have helped to go back, but I, that's not the way I watched it. So I was a little confused first time I watched it. It, it does help to watch it again because it is a chaotic movie. I think once you get down this, I think basically you're talking six guys. Once you figure the six guys, you, you, you know, you wrap your head around them. It makes it a lot easier to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's an impressive piece of film work. Jeff, I'm glad you suggested this a couple weeks ago because, uh, this was, this was, Something I'm happy that I watched. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, honestly, I don't go to many movies anymore. I just don't. Um, and this is one that's, you know, a very contemporary movie that I thought was fabulous. Yeah. Good flick. Well yeah. Well said. All right, folks. That's it with the Man Cave Movie Review, episode 198. 
Stay tuned for us on our next show. We'll be talking about another classic Man Cave movie. Until then, check us out our website at mancavemoviereview.com. Look for us on iTunes and Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. So until next time, I'm your host, Steve Michael, signing off with my very good dear friend, Ken. He'll fight the Holy War in his shorts, Roni. Even with GPS and Siri, Steve can't find his way to a clean, clear ending for me. <laughs> nice. Well played. Very well played. And also saying farewell and adieu is our other good and dear friend, Mark. I was hung up in the gift shop. Slover. Hey, Steve, I need your eyes and ears, not your mouth. Thank you. Actually, that's probably <laughs> the show would have been over about an hour ago if it wasn't for that. Right. And, uh, Muncie, right. really shut up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh. You're monologuing again, Jeff. What have we warned you? Yeah, we, we, we've been trying to close the show out for a half an hour now. Yeah. And, uh, la- well, not last, but, uh, our other good and dear friend, Jeff, I've had to take a crap, uh, since the start of this podcast, Muncie. Uh, Steve, I'm going to go take that shit now. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. And last and certainly not least is our other good near friend, Deuteronomy Skaggs. Oh, by the way, there were strippers around here, right? <laughs> yeah, Karma. Yeah, Karma. <laughs> karma was her name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, podcasters aren't trained to retire, Steve. That's all i got to say. They're not <laughs> no, trained to retire. I'm getting out of this business. I'm telling you, I can't, <laughs> I can't take any more. <laughs> so I have to screw to get out of this. <laughs> 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 that was oh. a call back holy yeah. shit alright there you go folks that's it with episode 198 Eight. yes 198 198 we'll see you on the next show until then chop one away from Sargon <laughs>